Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Terry Bird from Vonage join us. Terry, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. I'm Terry Bird. I am the Vice President of Enablement at Vonage. I've been here just under a year now. Prior to that, I was with IBM for around 13 years in various roles, many of them in and around the the sales enablement space. And I actually came to IBM through the acquisition of Cognos. So my background is in financial performance management and analytics. Well, I'm very excited to have you here, Terry. Now, part of your your background and your expertise is around leading teams across very diverse geographies and cultures. I'd love to get a sense from you. What are some of the key things that you consider when you're creating enablement programs for audiences, especially across different geographies? Good question. I'm a big fan of design thinking. One thing I try to do and I always encourage my teams to do is really think um, outside in and and. A big premise of design thinking is really understanding the experience that your audience have, um, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're saying and what they're doing to help inform um, you know, what you do to help improve their experience. So definitely putting ourselves in the shoes of the audience is a very important thing. Many of the folks in, in my enablement team and my, uh, enablement teams that I've worked in in the past actually come from sales or from technical sales or from the field in in some way shape or form and having that experience really helps us to to understand our our audience beyond that as well i think it's very important to have really a, a you know a, a geographic spread in terms of the team that you have and and something we've certainly worked on in the past 12 months since I came into Vonage is, is making sure that we have that geographic footprint with the enablement team. And I'm very used over the years to working with a global team that has that presence throughout different regions and markets that, that we, we operate in. So really having that outside in perspective is, is very important on how we align what we do. I, I couldn't agree more. In your experiences, though, what are some of the key challenges, though, that can occur in leading enablement? efforts across the globe? Well, yeah, of course, it's a global effort. And and that means that we have 24 hours of timelines to deal with. I certainly myself don't work a, a structured nine to five role, you know, having a global role within Vonage and having had a global role for many years of my career. You know, I'm very used to working in a way that allows us to connect around around the clock. And that, and that means being able to sometimes be on late or, or very early to have calls with teams in uh, Asia Pacific, for example, or, you know, it can mean having different times of your day to try and align audiences. One of the biggest challenges, of course, is when you have a team that's with folks in the US or, or North America and in Europe and somewhere in Asia Pacific that you're trying to get on at the same time. That's always going to be a short straw for somebody in the middle of their night. But I try not to make too much of a habit of that. And, and like I said, I think you know, having a footprint in the team where you can have a presence globally always helps to to address that. And then, of course, I mean, timelines are one thing, but we also have cultural and regional um, considerations that, that we have to appreciate at all times. You know, sometimes messaging that is very suitable for the North American market may need to be very different for our, for our market in Asia Pacific. So you have this cultural business considerations, language considerations that we have to to, to adapt 
for at all times. And of course, our business can be very different in different geographies. You have different competitors, different industries are prevalent in different geographies. So, you know, there's not a one size fits all in terms of what we do with regard to enablement programs. There, there will be a core of content and messaging for sure, um, but it can only be truly effective with a geo uh, footprint when we start to adapt it for their particular go-to-market models, the particular um, cultural appreciation, et cetera. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And what are some of the ways in which you've overcome some of those challenges, though, as you're building your global programs? It is always an interesting challenge to work with other organizations or other teams around the organization to help them shape that appreciation of the audience. You know, I think typically a key role of sales enablement will be helping other teams such as product management, product marketing, you know, engineering teams in bringing our products to market to really not be led by our features and functions and really understand the audience from a sales enablement perspective. Those will be our sales teams, our technical sales teams and other customer facing teams like professional services, et cetera. And of course, our business partners, if, if we go to market with partners and helping them to understand that you know, language that we use is very important. Uh, I think sometimes we have to help um, some of those teams, especially if they're predominantly based in one geo like North America, for example, to to use language that is truly universal and can be understood uh, around the globe. I also think it's very important, and this is something that um, myself and other teams I've worked with for a number of years have really focused on doing, is when we produce things like customer-facing pitch decks or sales enablement um, decks, for example, to really understand that actually we have many parts of our audience that where English isn't their first language. And therefore, to help them, you know, simple things like scripting, comprehensive scripting um, of, of slides in clear English is really going to help those audiences. You know, we would love to be able to translate and localize every single piece of content that we have and that isn't always possible from a budget and time perspective so being able to do things like um, comprehensive scripting very clear scripting helps our audience where english isn't their first language to take that localize it and understand it because you know it's, it's one thing being able to watch a subject matter expert from a different geo present a piece of content either in a live or pre-recorded state but having the script um, and quite often closed captioning um, will help um, open that up and make it reusable and digestible for, for those teams to go and localize it th- themselves. And, and I do think that, that having that local footprint and being able to connect at their local level helps with that. So a very good example, one of the things we, I was lucky enough when I came into Vonage to actually be handed um, some headcount to hire as well. Um, and it was very clear that we we had a, a gap from a sales enablement perspective in connecting very locally with our audience in Asia Pacific. So, you know, one of the, the people we hired actually spent many, many years of their career working in Singapore is um, bilingual in English and Chinese um, and forged a very good connection early on during the interview process with some of our sales leaders in um, Asia Pacific. And now that person is is giving us a true local presence, but also bi-directionally is able to bring back um, and translate very effectively the needs of the local audiences in our in our Asia Pacific region, for example. So, you know, I think 
again, it all comes back to that design thinking and that outside in appreciation of the audience and their particular needs and the experience they have on a day-to-day basis. Um, the, the more things we can do to connect with that closely all the time um, will only help us overcome those challenges. Absolutely. Now, y- you mentioned briefly earlier that oftentimes across various geographies, there are also slightly different business needs or business plans or go-to-market plans. I'm I'm curious to understand, do you also need to engage different business partners to ensure that your programs are successful? And who would you say are some of those core partners in building out your global programs? In terms of business partners in this context, I'm going to kind of frame that in terms of partners within our business. Obviously, there are go-to-market business partners as well. And, you know, we, we do have some that are kind of software or tool-based in terms of vendors that we, we work with. The partnerships within our business from a global perspective are, are very important. And Vonage truly is a global company. You know, it's made up of some uh, a, a legacy of organic growth, but it's also made up of um, some quite significant acquisitions over the, over the past few years. And those acquisitions are actually ha- have a very geographic spread um, from from Europe and the UK to Asia Pacific itself. One of the, one of our most recent acquisitions was actually based in Asia Pacific. We also have a strong footprint in uh, Israel, for example, with some of our AI capabilities. So I think very naturally, Vonage has a very global spread and a very global culture. But in terms of what we do from a sales enablement angle, some of my key partners within the business that I work with would certainly be our regional VPs of sales. And we have those, Vonage is split across three major regions, as, as many companies are, but I know everybody has kind of variances on this. But from an Americas and EMEA and Asia Pacific perspective, I have peers who are sales leaders and technical leaders for the business. I talk to them and work with them almost on a daily basis and in some way, shape or form of the conversations that we that we have. Something else we've done uh, and to really amplify and extend that, that reach and that ongoing conversation is, is implement uh, a program called SEAT. And SEAT stands for our sales experience activation team. And, and that team is really made up of a core number of uh, sellers and other roles from across the business and different go-to-market functions that represent all of those geographies. And we meet on a structured basis once a month, but there we have a very open and ongoing communication channel through tools like Slack, for example. And we're always listening to their needs. They're, they're very open with us. We, we've implemented that program on a kind of rotational basis. So it's kind of six to nine month membership to keep the, the, the engagement and the involvement fresh. We try not to overload them with too many things in terms of the conversation, but the feedback and the engagement that we get from them is very high quality in terms of helping us to understand what's working and what sometimes also, of course, what's not working uh, and where we can make refinements and, uh, and advancements. That's just a really good example of just how we're, we're actively connecting at the, at the local level. You know, I've seen in the past examples where there's, there's a very kind of, you know, headquarter driven approach and we push out content and we just hope it's going to to get le- uh, good leverage and a good footprint across the globe. And that's not always the case, of course. So, you know, being proactive and being ahead of those conversations, connecting with our audience on an ongoing basis around the globe and across different parts of the business is 
is very important. So, you know, we can't talk to everybody all of the time, but finding a good balance in terms of having the structured interlocks and also a good feedback mechanisms, you know, good uh, abilities where anybody can can ask questions and and those be rooted to the right people to to answer perpetually is a very good practice. And that's something I think Vonage is very good at in terms of keeping that 360 degree kind of comms process open. I love that. And I love that communication is really at the core of everything that you guys do. And now to build on that a little bit, how do you continue to create strong relationships with your business partners so that you can really solidify the credibility of your programs and and, and to the point you made a moment ago, really help to improve that scalability? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I think I kind of talked a, a bit about this in the, in that last answer, but you know, I, we're doing a lot of things all of the time, and sales enablement is such a, a kind of universal topic in terms of content that you're delivering, training, and and activation that we're delivering. It it also covers technology in the way that we deliver tools to our our sales teams to to leverage every day and also the way that we communicate you know communication is a huge part of of effective enablement and it's very easy for communications from a number of functions um, to overwhelm sellers and and for it to, to just be noise every day so we've really focused on four key themes in what we're doing with our sales enablement strategy and you know very sharp and curated content that's intuitive and easy to, to access, a, a structured skills and training curriculum now where we've we've also started attaching badges to that. So that gives us, you know, trying to pivot to an aspirational learning culture and, and a way to measure skills growth. And then the tech stack that we put in the hands of our sellers, you know, that there are many, many tools out there that cover all kinds of activities from prospecting to outreach, to engagement, to negotiations, competitive research, etc. But, you know, I think the best technologies are the ones that you can put in the hands of sellers, uh, often in a mobile experience and, and bring intuitively and intelligently the most relevant content and, and messaging to them in context of what they're doing. Uh, and ultimately streamlining communications and having a, a really clear message, you know, so it's it's great having that that connection and understanding the feedback, but it's how we act on it in terms of delivering sharp content that's that's globally applicable and and can be uh, localized very easily. It's through technology that makes that you know very agile and easy to access, and with communications and messaging that is very crisp and clear, and really uh you know consolidating communications to a way that sellers can can focus on a particular funnel and and understand what's important to them from a personal perspective otherwise it just all becomes noise and you know they just switch off and and enablement becomes you know almost uh, null and void in terms of a, an exercise so it's great building great content but the way that you deliver it is very important the way you communicate is very important and and all of those things when we build them of course then give us data and data informs us how effective a piece of content is, uh, you know, data around skills and learning. Where do we have gaps, and where do we, where can we proactively take enablement steps? Um, and then tools around digital adoption and tools around click-throughs on communications. You know, all of that data gives us an insight into what's working and what's not working, and that's very important. So constantly learning from that data in real time 
allows us to get those insights and that feedback um, that allows us to, to, you know, to improve all the time in terms of what we're doing. And that's really, you know, what we're doing in enablement is constantly improving. Sure, I think that's fantastic. I am curious to get your perspective. Obviously, we've been working in a, you know, either hybrid or virtual work environment now. And as you know, a lot of organizations try to figure out how they really do kind of a transition from in-person or hybrid. What has been your approach to leading global teams and how has that evolved over the past few years? Do you think it might continue to evolve in the coming year? Oh, yeah. Um, where do we start with that one? I mean, I, I come from a place where, you know, even with a global team, traveling a lot and, and travel was kind of frictionless and seamless. And we would be getting together, you know, at least every quarter. Uh, and where, where we're delivering events like new hire boot camps or sales kickoffs, you know, the team is generally seeing each other face to face multiple times through a year in, in full or in part. And, you know, there was a time when I was driving up and down from my house in Bristol to Heathrow, you know, a couple of times a month to travel around the world somewhere to be uh, in person with teams. And that makes engagement and, and having, you know, that relationship very easy. And then, of course, the world changed. And, you know, for a good couple of years, I didn't travel at all. And it's only really starting to just get going again now. Of course, nowhere near like it was before uh, the pandemic. And certainly since I've been in Vonage, obviously, I joined late 2021. There are members of my team who I'm very close to who I, I, I've never seen face to face and, and won't for a, a, a while yet. So the way that we engage as teams globally has changed fundamentally. I think technology has caught up to help with the way that we engage. Obviously, Vonage is in the business of unified communications. So, you know, if, if we can't find ways to communicate and, and collaborate digitally, then there's something wrong. So luckily, you know, we, it, our own backyard is, is technology that can help us um, collaborate very closely as a team. But it's still very difficult when you don't have the ability to connect face to face to to overcome some of those challenges. So, you know, engagement is a critical word in terms of how we're coming together as teams. And that's not just meeting in virtual environments and discussing in virtual environments. I think sometimes we have to get away from work completely and take extra lengths to really understand each other as people and how we we interact as a team and interact with each other so you know engagement activities that are completely non-work related are very important it, focusing on digital teams and virtual teams and how we collaborate is, is very important you know we have some very important kind of program management and and collaboration tools without naming names specifically too much that that really facilitate us coming together and working in a very agile and connected way and of course talking. I mean, we have to talk to each other all of the time and, and really make sure that we're we're connecting on a human level. You know, I'm also a big ally and advocate for our ERGs within Vonage. I was a big diversity ally in, in IBM as well. I, I think it's so important for people who work together in any organization in virtual teams to connect as human beings, as well as um, colleagues. Uh, within a business, of course. So that's incredibly important. Now, uh, will things change? Yeah, they're starting to change again. I, I don't think we'll ever see a working environment as it was 
three years ago with the the ease of travel. You know, companies have adapted in terms of their their expense models and their, their operating models and, and how people connect. So I think we're much more thoughtful now about travel and when we get together face-to-face. Sales kickoffs and other events like that, I think will gradually come back to be hybrid models. I think there will always have to be a combination of, of live, in-person and virtual now, just because of the, the, the global nature of things like the pandemic and of course the way that it's that business is, has, has changed for us I, and something we're experimenting with ourselves now as a team is really true hybrid events true hybrid events where you can have a face-to-face audience and a virtual audience where the virtual audience hasn't got an experience which is just being fed over a camera from a live event that's happening in a room i think you have to find ways to truly engage with that virtual audience in the, in the same way as if you were looking at someone who sat in front of you. And that's something we're really experimenting with now in, in our team. And we're hoping to get some success with that. And we'll see what happens with sales kickoff 2023 in terms of how that plays out for planning, which of course, it won't be too long before our thoughts start to turn to that now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agility is completely key as we go into the coming years. Well, Terry, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Thank you. It's a pleasure. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.